At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, slow start, first and foremost. We did not come out and slow them down. You know, it's something we got to take a long look at and kind of understand why, more so than anything else. I mean, we're going to watch the tape. We'll look at what we need to do better you know, it starts at the top. I mean, you know, we've got to be better, and that's part. That's on me. You know, and then we got to make sure we're putting in position to be successful. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Happy Friday! Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers, alongside Jay Croucher and Matthew Berry, who drinks free today. Obviously, we all know why. He's out there somewhere in the world of the wild state of Florida. Matthew, how are we? No, I'm terrible is how I'm doing. And thank God I drink free because I, I maxed out my credit card drinking last night. I'm, I'm still drunk. I, I'm so upset. You know, they, they say you can't drink your problems away, but I'm going to try. Damn it. Last night was awful. It was brutal. Freaking embarrassing. I, here's my hot take, guys. I have a hot take for today. You want to hear my hot take? Yeah. I'd love to. Here's my, here's my hot take. My hot take is this, that giving up 40 points at home to the Chicago Bears, who were winless, really beat up on defense, traveling on a short week, and hadn't won in over 340 days, giving up 40 points to that team is worse, more humiliating, and more embarrassing than the Broncos giving up 70 on the road to one of the best offenses in football in the Miami Dolphins. This is a worse loss than 70-20 that the Broncos got against the Dolphins a few weeks ago. That's my hot take. Matthew, do you know the Commanders haven't won more than 10 games in a season since 1991? Yes, I'm aware. Unbelievable. This team is just stuck in nothingness at the moment. I think last night was a pretty good encapsulation of that, Connor. It was. um, Obviously, the defense, especially on the back end, a total letdown. Benching. A corner you took in the first round that was deemed by some analysts at the time as a reach. Not a great look for Ron Rivera and this entire regime. And, you know, at the end of the day, once again, when you look at – it was a slow start from the offense, but you feel like the offense ultimately did do enough, but the defense just completely let them down. And we have a lot to get through today. We're going to do top trade targets, which we're really excited. It's that time of the year that maybe you can find some value on the trade market out there for your fantasy roster somewhere. Before we get into that, though, we got to jump into the Roto World Player News. For all your player news, go to NBCSports.com. And we start with Matthew Berry's commanders who lost – to Justin Fields' Bears. And, Jay, the story of this one, from a fantasy perspective, 
is another good performance from Justin Fields after one of the slowest starts of the season out of anybody with expectations in fantasy this season. Yep, and I think the good thing is that he's been able to provide value without breaking off these absurd long touchdown mm-hmm. runs. Again, I mean, he was great on the ground last night, 11 for 57, but that wasn't the heart of his fantasy value. He passed for four touchdowns, and he threw for 282 yards through the air. Now, a lot of that was the Washington defense, but he does look the past two weeks, Connor, a lot more comfortable as a passer. The offense looks better. They're scheming up throws that Justin Fields can make. You're seeing throw with confidence to DJ Moore, which if you have a DJ Moore out there, you should throw with confidence and give him opportunities because he's one of the quietly one of the best wide receivers in all of football. And like you said, Jay, he is supplementing the passing with the running. He's not supplementing the rushing with the passing, which is a much more sustainable route. So Matthew, I know this isn't really the most exciting thing for you to talk about on this morning, but you have to see some promise now from the Bears offense over the last two weeks. Yeah, and I think I think Jay hit it on the head, right? Which is the fact that what's so encouraging is 280 passing yards each of the last two weeks. We know the rushing is there. We know the rushing can happen at 57 rushing yards last week. But what's exciting about Justin Fields is that it's happening with his arm. We know about the rushing ability in the legs. That's always going to be there. But the fact that it's coming with his arm and it's coming, uh, frankly, earlier in the season than it did last year. Last year wasn't until week five that he kicked in. It kicked in last week in week four and again in week five. What's exciting as well is the fact that the Bears defense isn't very good. Like They're going to have to keep throwing and putting up points. This is going to be an offense that they have to do. We'll see about the running back injuries as well. Uh, All three of their running backs ended up leaving this game due to injury. They've got 10 days until they have to play again, so we'll obviously track that. But in a scenario where they're a little shorthanded in the running game, Maybe you can see them even have more designed runs for Justin Fields, which we did see some of last night. But this is the potential that we all saw in Justin Fields last year. You put the passing with a rushing, and you've got Lamar Jackson. You've got Jalen Hurts from a fantasy perspective. That's what's in play here with Justin Fields. So everyone that's stuck with him the last couple of weeks, I think you've been rewarded. You're very excited about this. And it's great to see D.J. Moore go off. You know, one of the always the issues with D.J. Moore in Carolina – was that he just could never get into the end zone. He always got a ton of targets, ton of receptions, ton of yards, but could never get into the end zone. I think, like, DJ Moore is very, is you know, with another touchdown or two, is going to tie his career high, or bypass his career high for touchdowns. But in fairness to Ron Rivera, how could he have possibly known DJ Moore was any good? Why would he ever scheme up something to stop DJ Moore? In fairness, how could Ron Rivera ever have known that DJ Moore was good? In fairness to him. In fairness to Ron Rivera, he did really shut down Equinemia St. Brown and uh, Darnell Mooney, who didn't even have a catch, Matthew. Uh, DJ Moore right now has 47% of the Bears receiving yards on the season. For context, Tyreek Hill, pretty good at wide receiver. He has 34% of the Dolphins receiving yards. So, look, DJ Moore, Connor, he's always been, I think his entire career, a top 20 wide receiver yep. talent in the league. And it's weird that it's being unlocked with Justin Fields, who is not the best passer on earth, but certainly seems like he's getting all the target share uh, and they have established a connection. Yeah, and I think one of Moore's best abilities is what he does with the ball in his hands. And the Bears trying to get Fields comfortable after this slow start to the season are scheming up manufactured touches to DJ Moore, which where he's effective. And you see him 
you know, getting looks where if the corner tries to jump the pass and there's no safety over the top, he's gone. He's a big play threat as well. So an awesome game from DJ Moore. And, you know, one more thing to touch on with the Bears that Matthew hit at, Jay, this backfield was just decimated all in one swing. It felt like Roshan Johnson leaves in the second quarter with a concussion. Khalil Herbert suffers an ankle injury in the third quarter. He did not return to the game. Travis Homer suffers a hamstring injury. He did not return to the game. I mean, when you look at this backfield now, and it could just be a situation where it's like, okay, Fields is going to have to be the runner then, and obviously the receivers and even Cole Komet are viable, but this backfield uh, was completely decimated in this game. It was, and look, Khalil Herbert's injury didn't look too serious. Right. And he, kinda and he looked good back. in the first half. And he looked fantastic, 10 for 76. Roshan Johnson also very encouraging, but, I mean, he was cooking in his three carries before he got concussed, three for 19 yards. Uh, hopefully he is okay for next week as well. Look, I think there's a lot of uncertainty. If these guys cannot go, uh, then it might be the return of Deontay Foreman. But for the time being, I would expect that Khalil Herbert is still the guy in that backfield you want. Let's jump into the Washington offense and a discussion, a pretty long-winded discussion no, 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 no. we no, had. No, 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 not yet. Not yet. <laughs> what do you got no, no, here? No. I still want to talk about this defense for one second, Connor. <laughs> hey, floor is, floor is yours. Second. We did 10 minutes on Emmanuel Thank Forbes. You. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, first off, I mean, right. So Connor mentions Emmanuel Forbes. A lot of people thought he was a reach. I just want to point out that at the time, we knew Washington wanted to take a corner, that they needed secondary help. And I just want to point out that at the time, Christian Gonzalez was still on the board. And that myself and a lot of other people, this isn't hindsight being 2020, at the moment of the draft, we're like, take Christian Gonzalez. Take Christian Gonzalez. That's who we want. Christian Gonzalez. And they took Emmanuel Forbes. And we were like, what? Did, did they know Christian Gonzalez was on the board? And I've seen some people on Twitter bring that up. And then other people like, yeah, well, Christian Gonzalez is now out for the year. That doesn't matter. The fact, <laughs> it's not about that. Like, that's a, you know, that's a fluke injury. It's, it's about your entire franchise. It's about a process. Like, you can't predict injuries. But you can see very clearly that Christian Gonzalez, passing on Christian Gonzalez for Manuel Forbes was a massive massive mistake the commanders are on pace to give up the most points in a season in nfl history they've allowed 30 or more points in four of five games this year they've given up six different plays of 50 yards or more that's most in the nfl they've given up at least four plays of 20 yards or more in four of five games this year the average de- the washington defense which i recommended because of their schedule and i apologize to america for this the Washington defense is averaging negative three fantasy points over their past three games. Remember, Ron Rivera is a defensive coach. He was a linebacker's coach and a defensive coordinator. He doesn't touch the offense. That's all Eric Bieniemy. The defense is where Ron Rivera has made his name and stakes his reputation. Again, on pace to give the most points in NFL history, they've got five straight number one picks on defense, first-round picks on this defensive team. But, yeah, let's talk about the offense. <laughs> let's talk about Eric Bieniemy's offense. We had a long-winded conversation. I believe it was the top of last week, Matthew, just at how this is an offense yeah. that is spreading the wealth. And when you look at last night, Terry McLaurin, four catches. Jahan Dotson, three catches. Curtis Samuel, six. Logan Thomas, nine. I mean, that's exactly what Sam Howell is doing where – That's great news if you have to stream Logan Thomas or you need a flex play of Curtis Samuel. But is it concerning news if you are routinely relying on Terry McLaurin or Jahad Dotson right now? Yes. Yes, it's concerning. (laughs) 
Terry McLaurin has under 50 receiving yards in three or five games this year. He's currently got a 17.3% uh, target share. This game was his lowest target share in a game this season at a 10% target share. Now, in fairness, he did get two long DPIs. Well, one was sort of called back or whatever. He generated, you know, it was a better game than it showed on the box score. But it is insane to me when you think about how much money the commanders have invested in Terry McLaurin. Rightfully so, by the way. Terry got paid, and he should have got paid. He's one of the best pure wide receivers in the NFL. Um, and he's, you know, he's also just an awesome human being and, you know, one of the great faces of a franchise in the league. But um, I don't mind spreading it around a little bit, but when your offense is challenged to, like, to suddenly be dialing up stuff for Diami Brown, I get they played together at UNC Howland Brown, but come on, Byron Pringle is turning targets here? What are we doing? So uh, for fantasy purposes, it's very concerning, and you probably still have to roll out McLaurin as a wide receiver three, but Dotson is concerning. All the other guys are concerning. To me, the only player on the commander's offense that you can fully trust moving forward, I think, is Brian Robinson. And obviously, this is a disappointing game for Robinson as well. It's one game, but they've normally used him pretty well. They play Atlanta next week. I think they will get back to running the ball with Robinson. I'm still starting Robinson as a top 20 fantasy wide receiver. I think Howell's future Hall of Famer, Sam Howell, didn't look pretty in the first half, but by the end of the day, he wound up with pretty good fantasy numbers as well. I think he's, you know, a borderline top 12-ish fantasy quarterback. Um, but for me, uh, the, those are the only two guys on the team that you can truly trust and start. Given how bad uh, the tight end position is, Logan Thomas becomes semi-interesting, uh, you know, because obviously a huge game for him last night. Um, you know, he's had at least 40 receiving yards in three of the four games he's played this year. They are starting to use him more. He is healthy. He has been a productive fantasy tight end in his career. I just, you know, I just don't trust this team to be able to consistently target any one player. I feel like the enemy is doing what he did last year in Kansas City, which is spreading the ball around all over the place and Howell trying to get, not lock in on other people, but um, which is, I guess, in theory, good for the commanders, but bad for us in fantasy. I don't know if you guys disagree with that take, but Robinson, Howell, if you need him, Logan Thomas, if you need him, and that's pretty much it for right now. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that Sam Howe dropped back 60 times last night and Terry McLaurin saw five targets. That just doesn't work. That's not, it's too democratic an offense in Washington. I think the problem with Sam Howell, who is just making some ridiculous plays at the moment, Connor, so he's yeah. bouncing around like he's playing Frogger, an arcade game. I think that with Howell, the problem is, is that he's just a beat too slow getting yeah. rid of the ball. That's why he's on pace to break the all-time record for sacks by like 25%. Yes. And he yes. needs to take that out of his game if he's just going to survive the season because that Bears pass rush is not very good and they're still able to get him five times. Yeah, for all the good in this offense from a young quarterback, there's also a timing issue. I think, like you said, Jay, where when he holds the ball, he does get that. He starts bouncing around. We saw him run right up the pocket and into the defensive line. Now he's a strong guy that he can actually break some tackles for a quarterback and he's built to take hits. He's not built to take 100 sacks yeah. this year. Nobody on planet Earth is, not even Josh Allen. So 
I think that's the big concern with Howell is just you're looking to get him in rhythm, get him in timing, and protect him from himself. Right now it's fun in fantasy. The game script benefited him. He had a huge night from a fantasy perspective. But for the longevity of the season and the longevity of Washington's offense being viable across the board, it is a little bit of a concern right now. Yeah, he's going to play Micah Parsons twice still. Right. He can't uh, be doing that. Yeah, I think that twice, he, right? he, needs, he needs to fix the way that he plays and they need to protect him and they just need to design more quick releases because at the moment it's just, it's just not sustainable health-wise. I think the record for sacks all time is David Carr, 76. That's right. And Howe's on pace for 100. Matthew, you ready to bury this football, put this game to rest, or uh, where are we standing right now? No, I'm, I'm going to stew about this for the next 10 days. I'm angry. I'm angry and upset, and I don't know if you saw the Matt, the the, uh, the tweet from Magic Johnson last night, you know, one of, oh, the, yeah. uh, one of the owners, where he just said, like, we didn't play with intensity and we came up slow. Like, that, if you follow Magic Johnson on Twitter, that's like, that's that's all caps yelling for Magic. Magic's like the most positive, you know, person on earth on Twitter. And so for him to say even something slightly negative about Washington on Twitter just tells you how furious he must be, one of the great competitors in professional sports history, Magic Johnson. So I just, no, I'm not ready to put it behind me. It's it's a humiliating loss. It's, it's as, as a Commanders fan, like I've seen this movie a lot of times where there's some hope and then all of a sudden there's a national game and then they just get lit up. Um, but I think this is the most humiliating, embarrassing loss in, in uh, Washington history since uh, since the Monday night game against the Eagles where Michael Vick, I think, had six touchdowns and, like, on the game. opening play, like, threw a 90-yard. You remember that one? He threw, like, a 90-yard touchdown pass. I was actually in that. I was actually at the stadium. I actually went to that game in person, um, which was just awful, um, as you can imagine. But it just, I you know, for me, I now I, I'm – we're only two and three, but I, we're not going anywhere. We need a tank for Caleb. I, I want to like, you know, I hope we don't win another game. Honestly, I'm dead serious. Like yeah. there's not, this team is not going anywhere. I believe there does need to, I never want to, I just, I think there needs to be a change in leadership on the team. Well, the good thing is, so. is that you signed Jacoby Brissett to give you a, a raised floor, which means you've got Six no wins. chance whatsoever at uh, getting Caleb Williams. Or Drake May. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or, yeah, so. yeah, I mean, I just, Howell needs to improve. It's it's not all on Howell. He needs to improve his release. I agree with you. But also, like, they need to protect him better. The line is playing poorly uh, as well. So it's, it's kind of a combination there. But, again, yeah, more three-step drops, um, you know, more quick release stuff. You know, Howell, Howell has shown me enough that, like, you know, he'll miss by a mile, but then he'll throw, like, a beautiful dime, you know, 35 yards down the field. So I'm not ready to bail on Sam Howell yet. I, that loss – was on a lot of people but not on sam howell like you know he had the bad pick but you know and logan thomas with a brutal fumble but um honestly that offense that loss is on the defense and uh the coaching let's jump into the notable injuries we're tracking as we head into the weekend a lot of good news on this front starting with cooper cup who has practiced in full this week kenny pickett same story for him he's practicing in full damian pierce dealing with the knee he practiced in full couple guys that were limited as, as they worked their way back. Saquon Barkley with the ankle injury. We don't know if Javante Williams is going to play. Christian Watson practicing limited along with Aaron Jones. It feels like the Packers are just trying to be a little careful with those guys, Jay. And then three DNPs. Devontae Adams maybe just being cautious with him. But Amon Ross St. Brown with the abdomen and T. Higgins with the ribs, Jay, I think are two that we definitely have our eyes on. Yeah, definitely. And good news that Amon Ross St. Brown did say that he expects right. to play. So I would think that he is probably going to play against the Panthers in what should be 
a favorable matchup. Cooper Cup, big news there. Looks like he is going to play. He'll have a pitch count, but it's still, it's Cooper Cup. I'd be starting him just about everywhere. T. Higgins is the concerning one. It seems like he's trending towards not playing. Matthew, which one of those stuck out to you? I'm on Ross St. Brown, obviously, because he's my ride or die. They also, uh, just before we went on air, news came out that they're not expecting him to practice today. They still think he's going to go Sunday, but they'll know a lot more tomorrow. So that is an injury that I think will track tracking. I think it's more likely than not that he does play, but I don't think we're out of the woods yet with my fantasy ride or die. So Amon Ross St. Brown is, to me, the most concerning here, or I think the most, the one with the most unknown. I think we probably feel pretty good about, you know, most of the guys. I don't think we, we expect T. Higgins to play this week, you know. So, um, yeah, Amon Ra is the one that feels like the most up in the air. We're going to jump into some buying, sell, trade targets here. This was inspired, of course, Matthew, you do a trade advice column from Thursday's Love Hate. Um, you know, the Matthew Berry definitive guide to trading, of course. So we each came up with one sell target, one buy target. And Matthew, we will start with you. Who's a target, a top target that you'd be looking to sell right now? Really kind of for those that haven't read it yet and should on NBCSports.com, what goes into your trade advice throughout this time of year? Yeah, I mean, look, I, it's it's a lot of theory is what it is, is, is the particular column. Because I think it's so many times, I've been in so many leagues over the years, and so many times you get it, you just get the email from whatever, you know, whether you play on ESPN or Yahoo or Sleep or wherever you play, NFL. Um, you get the email and you're just like, ah, I'm turning that down. And you have no idea what the thought process is. And so there you see it there in your screen. Some of what I would do, and I go into detail on all this in the love-hate article, which is free on rotorworld.com, NBCSports.com, of course, a company man. But... You know, like, like, figure out what you need, what they have. You, you do a deep dive on everyone's team. Like, where's the best trade partner? Start marketing your players. Like, let people know, hey, uh, I'm open to trade, right? And then, like, again, number four is so important because I have to tell you, so many times you just get these emails out of the blue. Like, hey, text somebody. Hey, can we get on the phone? Hey, want to talk trade? Because when you're talking with somebody, you can hear what they react to and what they not, you know, what they don't. A text or an email is an imperfect form of communication. Negotiating is something that needs to be done in person or at least by hearing it, right? And then make sure you understand all angles of a trade. So many people look at the upside, but you have to also consider the downside. What happens if this trade goes south? What happens if it doesn't work out? How screwed are you? You know, and so uh, don't be afraid to walk away. Don't gloat after you've won a trade. And by the way, for the love of all that is holy and good in this world, don't veto. Veto is the coward's way out. Everyone should be allowed to coach their team, no matter how it, they should be allowed to coach their team, even if it's poorly, even if you don't agree with it. You're, you know, you think some trades are rip off. Okay, it doesn't matter, not your team. Don't veto, veto is the coward's way out. So anyway, you can read more of my reasoning there, but it just gives a lot of theory on how to, how to, it's basically kind of the art of negotiation within fantasy football is what that article is. And so we're going to dive into some players here, but uh, I highly encourage you to read the article. I do a version of it every year, just sort of the art of negotiation in fantasy football. All right, Matthew, so we'll start with you. Give us a sell candidate that you're looking at right now. Yeah, I mean, I think Adam Thielen, you know, I mean, I think the argument for Adam Thielen is, of course, that he is the Carolina Panthers offense. He's been really good uh so far uh this year you know he's been very very productive having said that you know of course he had that 31 and a half point game with that with Andy Dalton there in week three uh but here's the concern with Andy Dalton first off there's been rumors that Carolina's looking to trade for number one wide receiver so they want to add to that wide receiver room his target share has been decreasing um uh, a little bit 
especially when you think about, you know, like he's got this massive target share, but DJ Shark was banged up and then Jonathan Mingo as well. They both already missed a game so far this season. He's 33 years old. Um, can he play at this high level of production throughout the entire season? His best game of the year was that Andy Dalton game. And so I think his ceiling with Bryce Young is probably lower. And so Thielen is somebody that, you know, uh, I think you could argue is a, you know, is a legit wide receiver too in fantasy right now. And I would sell him for that. Or, you know, I would put a uh, top 25 wide receiver price tag on him. And I think you could probably get that. Yeah, and Jay, I think another thing you have to be looking at with Thielen right now is that this offense doesn't scare you. You just have to kind of shade things towards him. I know it's crazy to say in the year 2023, but he's the guy that when you're game planning each year, all right, let's stop Adam Thielen and see where Bryce ultimately goes elsewhere. Yeah, and so he's doing it through volume at the moment, and he really is the only guy in that offense. I think Jonathan Mingo will get more of a role as the season progresses as he comes back from his concussion. But, Connor, I think that Adam Thielen, his upside the rest of the way is tied to Bryce Young just getting better. Have you seen any signs from Bryce Young that, you know, he can improve the rest of the season? He's going through it. Now, there's things in his hands, right? Number one, he's not the most physical player. So unlike an Anthony Richardson, when things break down, Anthony Richardson just has physical talent. He can run, he can extend, he can throw the ball a mile. With Bryce, everything, this goes back to a conversation we had earlier, timing and rhythm, that's what he maximized at Alabama. And that's what he will maximize in the, in the NFL. That day will come, but the line's not good enough. Yep. The receivers aren't good enough. They don't have a run game that threatens, so you could sell out against the run, and they're not getting that going. And Bryce is just not seeing the field. The game's a little faster for him right now. So I think that time is coming. I don't think that time is coming in the next month, and that matters too much in fantasy. Yep, agreed. So who are you looking at, Jay? Uh, a little sacrilegious, but I'm looking to sell Derrick Henry, which uh, is a shame because I love King Henry. Maybe and the Titans will too. <laughs> yes, well, that's, that's another interesting wrinkle here. And look, I think it's a good time to sell on Henry because he just had his best game of the season going 22 for 122 and a touchdown. But his next two weeks are against the Colts, against the Ravens. And I just worry about this Tennessee offensive line and the fact that you know two weeks ago he went 11 carries for 20 yards. And my concern with Henry is twofold. One, he's the biggest injury risk in the sport, just because he gets more carries than everyone and there's such attrition at the running back position. And then secondly, he's just not getting the work in the receiving game. He broke a long one against the Saints in week one, but the past two weeks he has one target. And also Tajay Spears is looming there, cutting into his snap share a little bit. I just think there are some things swirling around Tennessee and Henry where I think that coming off his best game of the season, it might be time to sell. I don't think you're crazy at all. When you look at this offense and maybe what the future of this offense is, at what point, here's the big one for me, Jay. At what point, and there has to be this point, did they give Will Levis or Malik Willis a look? And we're excited about those guys. I don't know how excited we are about them in fantasy this year where they might be anchoring down a lot of other their counterparts. goes back to what we just said. If you don't trust the young quarterback, well, the defense is going to sell out against the run game. That affects Derrick Henry. So it could depend how long Ryan Tannehill is the starter. Matthew, when you look at Derrick Henry, who's been a fantasy force for how many years now, do you align with Jay's thought here? Yeah, I really do. It's one of the reasons why I've said Tajay Spears is one of my most uh, rostered bench players. You know, I just have him stashed in a number of leagues, and I highly recommend a lot of other people do that as well. I think there's, you know, there's concern with injury, concern that this team goes south and they trade him. I'm just, I'm nervous about Derrick Henry, who is very game script dependent. They don't use him enough in the passing game, even though he sort of has that skill set. But I just, you know, I don't think the Titans are very good uh, this year. And so I think there's going to be a lot a lot more games like the first couple games of the year and not as many as they were last week as well. So, yeah, I'm on board with Jay. 
I'm sticking with the running back theme here. And, Jay, I'm looking at this one kind of pains me because I like the player. I, Matthew really sold us on his value all summer, and he was right. James Conner, he's been a top 20 running back in fantasy, RB19 in points per game. But here's where it's starting to trend the other way. Under 65% of the snaps the past two weeks after being above 70% weeks one to two. He's losing some passing game work in this offense, an offense that now beginning to trust in them to throw with Josh Dobbs. And I think they're trusting him to throw. We saw Michael Wilson unlocked the last two weeks. They already have Hollywood Brown. They target Zach Ertz. I think an offense that you looked at and go, man, they could just turn around and hand the ball to James Conner 20 times and throw to him six to eight times. With the emergence of Michael Wilson and this actually being a competent offense, I think that hurts James Conner. And on top of all of that, Jay, he's missed multiple games every season of his career. Yep, that's a concern. And look, I think that you have to adjust some of your prize four weeks in. But at the same time, this was a team that was like plus 220 to have the worst record in football. And people were talking about this as, you know, a farce of a team. And look, they've vastly outperformed that. They've been a lot better than expected. But they're probably going to be underdogs in every single game they play this year. And so just you're up against it with game script every single game with James Conner. And now they could actually trust their quarterback to play to that game script and throw. So, Matthew, not only your thoughts on James Conner, and you're not giving away James Conner. You need something significant in return, but definitely as a feeler out there. And also, how about a buy candidate from you on a more happier note? Yeah, I mean, I'm not as fully worried about James Conner as you are. Again, one of the arguments about him in the preseason was that even if the Cardinals are losing, like he's a good pass catcher um, and they don't have a lot else in that backfield and they still don't, right? I mean, you know, they Corey Clement and, you know, Keontae Angrim, who's been who's been hurt. They've been using Rondell Moore some, which is kind of interesting. Um, but I just feel like... Um, I'm not ready to sell high on James Conner just because there are so few bell cow running backs. I don't mind trading him. Like, I wouldn't say he's untouchable, but I'm not actively looking to shop him maybe the way you are, Conner. But I certainly understand all of your point of view. And, yes, the, the declining numbers in terms of, uh, in terms of snaps and, and touches is a little bit eye-raising, eyebrow-raising and uh, a touch concerning. As for somebody I want to buy low on, you know, I think the perception isn't there yet. But trust me, Whoever has Jalen Waddle in your league is well aware that he hasn't been the guy you expected to draft. He is, for the season, he is outside the top 40 on a points-per-game basis. Obviously, he missed the one game as well. He missed the 70-point game. Um, but he just he hasn't been what you drafted him to be. And the Dolphins' offense has just been ridiculous. They're running more, obviously, having the tremendous success they're having with Mostert and specifically Devon Achan. Tyreek Hill has gotten his. But Jalen Waddle... You didn't draft him to be wide receiver 44, which is what I believe he is on a points-per-game basis at the moment. So I, I'm a believer in Waddle, right? He's averaging over 13 yards per target this season, which is fifth-best among qualified wide receivers. He leads all qualified wide receivers in fantasy points per target since the start of last season. I, I just feel like he is too good uh, to, not, to not get more, uh, more work in a very explosive offense. I'm not worried about Chase Claypool, though. It is worth noting that the Dolphins did, as you see it there in your screen, the Dolphins did agree to terms on a trade with Chicago for Claypool. They also get a seventh-round pick in exchange for a sixth-round pick pending a physical. So they give up a sixth, and they get Claypool in a seventh back. That's how desperate Chicago was to get rid of Chase Claypool. I can't imagine. Listen, for all the concerns you might have about Jalen Waddle, Chase Claypool beating him out for targets ain't high on my list. Um, so anyway, I'm just... I'm a believer in this offense, and I'm a believer in his talent, and ultimately it's a slow start for Jalen Waddle, but uh, 
I think he's a borderline top 10 wide receiver, and I think you can get him for less than that. He's not going to come cheap, but if you could get him for a top 20 price, I would do that in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? Jay, what's uh, more motivation than being traded for a swap of a seventh and sixth round pick that's two years away? Oh, look, I'm, I'm not sure it matters for Chase Claypool. I don't, I'm not expecting <laughs> yeah, right. Claypool to do a ton in Miami, though. If he's going to succeed anywhere, it's going to be in Mike McDaniel's offense with those weapons around him. But I agree with Matthew. Jalen Waddle, not concerned about Claypool's emergence in Miami taking away from Jalen Waddle. And the talent is just too significant. He's been banged up. He was banged up in the preseason. He's missed time. He'll get better as the season goes on. And the other thing, Connor, is that Tyreek Hill got banged up at the end of last season. And I don't think they want him to go to be getting 13 targets a game. They'll want to spread the wealth. uh, And Jalen Waddle will be the big beneficiary of that. I'm with you all the way. They don't want to run out of gas for the playoffs. And that's another reason I wasn't bold enough to do this. But I look at Raheem Mostert and think, while Mostert's awesome value, he's been incredible this year. I'm not bold enough to call him a sell candidate. But the reality is, we've already seen it with Devon Achan, there's going to be a time where Jeff Wilson is a thing in this backfield. So for Miami, and that just further hints to your point, Jay, there's going to be a time where it's not Tyreek, it's Waddle, Waddle weeks, right? So they have to spread the ball around. They have to keep these guys fresh if they want to be this high-flying, you know, greatest show on turf style offense. And that definitely starts with Waddle being who he's been. All right, Jay, how about a buy candidate from you? Yeah, so for me, it's Damian Pierce, who's only averaging 2.8 yards per carry on the ground. He's only gotten into the end zone once. But one, he got 24 carries last week. There's only a handful of running backs in the league who even have the potential to get that kind of workload in a given week. He's getting a little bit of work in the receiving game. He's got eight receptions on the season so far. I just believe in the talent as well. You look at last year, what he did in terms of broken tackle rate, in terms of yards after contact, he just runs angry. He's an excellent runner, elite by PFF grade. Uh, And I just think as well that this Texans team, one, they're more competent than expected. Two, they've got the third easiest remaining schedule in the league. So he's going to be in a position to get good game script. And then three, their offensive line is getting healthier. They've got Laramie Tunsil, Titus Howard coming back. So I think there's just a lot aligning behind Damian Pierce breaking out. He's not going to average 2.8 yards per carry the rest of the way. Yeah, and Matthew, I'll throw this to you. When you look at the emergence already of C.J. Stroud in a surprisingly very effective pass offense. They have three viable receivers. Bobby Sloak's done a great job calling quick game here. You feel like at some point the pendulum starts to swing back to that can allow the run game with Damian Pierce to get going. A thousand percent. Obviously, they're going to have to respect the pass now. And look, Damian Pierce was one of my big guys in the preseason and like just preseason love. And I was all in and I had him much higher in my rankings than consensus. So it's been a little bit of a slow start for me because I have a lot of Pierce. I go by my rankings when I draft. So I have a lot of Pierce, um, including in our show league. So uh, obviously... I'm loving what Jay is saying, and I completely believe it. It's a better offense than it advertised. He's a good player. Their offensive line is getting healthier. They're going to be in positive or at least neutral game script for in a lot more games this year than I think people expect. You saw in the highlights that we just showed, he caught a couple of passes. They're starting to involve him more in the passing game. So, yeah, all in on trying to acquire Damian Pierce because he's going to the moon. I'll close this out with my buy target. Jay, I'm going with Tyler Lockett here. And when you look at Lockett, it's a slow start to the year. He's gone under 10 points in three of his four games. There hasn't been a ton working for him. Here's the good, though, and the reason to buy in. So those are 22% target share. That's a team high in an offense that has DK Metcalf. It's been a slow start for Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think the real Geno will really crank it up in these next two months as well. And then another thing, Lockett's one of the most consistent wide receivers in all of fantasy. He's finished in the top 16 the last four seasons. You can always rely on Tyler Lockett. 
There might be some really big games. There might be some disappointing games. It's not always steady at a performance week in and week out. But if somebody is kind of looking at it and kind of disappointed with his first four games of the season, I think he's going to be fine. Yep. And I think the concern for Lockett coming into the season is JSN might really eat in. It hasn't really happened for JSN yet. And Lockett, I mean, just like clockwork, every year, 80 receptions, 1,000 yards, 8 touchdowns. He's just one of the... I mean, he's kind of boring in a way, but he shouldn't be boring with those kind of stats. He's just rock-solid, dependable wide receiver too. Yeah, Matthew, how do you project Lockett through the rest of the way? By the way, he has your commanders at some point on the schedule as well, so that there could be some positive uh, trending upward for him there. I project 275 yards and four touchdowns for Tyler Lockett against my commanders. The expectation there is that they'll put Emmanuel Forbes on him to just get burned left and right and right and right and right and right. And right. Sorry. That's, just, that's what they do. They finally benched him last night. But who knows? Uh. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, Lockett is one of the most uh, explosive guys. I think the, the stat I used on Lockett in the preseason was that I think there's only one wide receiver, literally one wide receiver, in the NFL that has had at least eight receiving touchdowns each of the last five seasons. And it's Tyler Lockett. Like, you'd have been like, ah, oh, it's probably like uh, Devontae Adams, maybe. Like, you'd go through the list of, like, you know, Cooper Cup's been in the league for a long Who's, you know, elite wide receiver's been in the league for a long time? And, no, the answer is Tyler Lockett. He's clearly got a connection with Geno Smith as well. Geno's playing like he did last year. So, big believer in, uh, in Tyler Lockett, who just, yeah, continually – Every year, it doesn't matter where he gets drafted. He always outperforms ADP. The toughest competition of the year is here. The biggest talents in men's rugby take the stage as 20 countries compete for 20 days of heart-pounding, hard-hitting action at the Rugby World Cup. Watch every match live on Peacock all the way through the final on October 28th with games also available on CNBC. We're going to break when we're back. It's What's on Tap, the highest total games for the weekend. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure... Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You go to your local package store. You buy a case of Bud Light. And you enjoy Fantasy Football pregame with myself... Uh, with Michael, with Jay, and with Taylor Swift. The local package store, is that what we call it in America? Have you heard of that? A packing, a package store? <laughs> is that where no. you buy beer in America? No. Yeah, that's, that's what a liquor store is called. Uh, is I that just call just it. a Connecticut thing? Like, yeah, it's definitely a Connecticut <laughs> thing. <laughs> Am I crazy people? Uh, I yeah. pack in New York. Oh, in New York, I just call it the, either the corner store, the bodega, or the liquor store. All right, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's a Connecticut thing. Uh, wow. Yeah, the package store. The, the package. more you know. 
It's What's On Tap. We're back at the bar. You know what my biggest takeaway from that was, Jay? What was that, Connor? Lawrence being omitted for Taylor Swift. Yeah, what a try. Oh, (laughs) my God. Poor Lawrence, man. (laughs) Yeah. He got uh, overshadowed by the packing store and Taylor Swift. It's It's a tough one. Listen, we're back at the Bud Light Bar. It's What's On Tap, brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the NFL. And we're going to look at the matchups with the highest point totals going into the weekend. Nothing is as easy to enjoy as a Sunday full of football and a fridge full of beer. These are the games we're locking in on. Of course, the Chiefs at the Vikings has a whopping total of 53. Eagles-Rams has a total of 50. And then we'll get to the Jaguars game playing the Bills. That game's in London, of course, at 48 and a half. But, Jay, let's start with the Chiefs going to Minnesota. Obviously, both of these teams, when they're going full throttle can throw with just about anybody in this game we know that with Mahomes but more importantly is there anybody he'll be throwing to in this game not named Travis Kelsey that you'd start I think Rasheed Rice has emerged as the most interesting Chiefs wide receiver he was the most targeted receiver in that Sunday night game against the Jets I'm giving up on Sky Moore Sky Moore's just a <laughs> drop across yes. the board there I still can't quite quit Kadarius Tony. I just believe in the talent but he just hasn't had the production at all so Look, I don't think I would start Rasheed Rice uh, outside of a very deep league. Uh, it's really just Mahomes, Pacheco, and Kelsey. But uh, Rasheed Rice would be the one I'm most interested in, Colin. Barry, what about you when you look at this game, especially on the Chiefs side of it? Is it kind of time to buy in on Rasheed Rice being one of the guys in this offense that desperately needs somebody to be a go-to player at wide receiver? Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, when we were doing kind of the, you know, sell, sell high, buy low guys. So I was going to suggest Rasheed Rice, but he's just out there in too many leagues. You don't need to buy him. You can just go pick him up. But there's a number of guys that I really like as stashes. Rasheed Rice, Marvin Mims is another one, obviously, as well. We talked about Tajay Spears. There's a number of guys out there that, you know, I think are really interesting to uh, grab and stash Jake Ferguson. If he's still available in your league, he probably isn't. But but Rasheed Rice, to your point, right, targeted on 34% of his routes. That's second highest rate among wide receivers with at least 15 targets. So again, all that's a stat that says is that when he's out there running a route, he's earning a target on 34% of those routes. Now we need to get him more routes, but just the fact is, is that when he's out there, he's winning, he's getting open, and Mahomes is finding him, which I think is important. Since week three, very quietly, Rasheed Rice leads all Chiefs wide receivers in targets, receptions, and receiving yards. Minnesota, by the way, tied for the most receptions allowed to the slot Rice leads all Chiefs wide receivers in slot targets. So, again, we were wondering who's going to be the slot guy for this team with Juju Smith-Schuster moving on to New, uh, to New England. And Rasheed Rice at the moment has been that guy. Remember, this is a rookie wide receiver that Patrick Mahomes went to Brett Beach and said, hey, get me this guy. I worked out with him this summer. I think he's really talented. He's on the Chiefs in part because Patrick Mahomes lobbied for him to be there. So that time is coming. That time is coming here for Rasheed Rice, and I really like him this week as kind of a sleeper. I'll say this. Patrick Mahomes is my number one player overall. Like, I almost suggested him for the buy low, sell high uh, conversation because, again, he's QB9 so far this season. He's been fine. Mahomes has been, but he hasn't been Patrick Mahomes in capital letters. I'm going to put your fantasy team on my back and carry you. And I think that time is coming. Minnesota. Denver, Chargers, Denver again. Those are the next four for the Chiefs and Mahomes. I think it's just going to have a monster run starting this week against the Vikings, who allow touchdowns at the sixth highest rate this season. And as we talked about, it's the highest over under the slate. Mahomes is going to throw against this bad secondary. 
Time to uh, go pick up Rasheed Rice from the package store, Connor. It is. The bodega, if he's there, if he's at the liquor store. Yes, Matthew. I just want to say that after our segment aired, I got a lot of people tweeting at me or Xing at me, whatever you want to call it, saying 100% I call it the the package store. It is certainly a regional thing. It is a regional thing. I get it that, you know, whatever, Connor, you call it the bodega, the corner store. Uh, you know, Jay, you call it like whatever, kangaroo corner, you know, <laughs> or the, you know, the, the Vegemite Holloway, whatever it is, you know, something like that. I get that, you know, like just uh, go down to the boomerang. But uh, no, uh, in the East Coast, it's a packy. It's a package store. I'm not crazy here. Put up a poll. Somebody put up a poll. See, this is we what makes me think we're in like a Truman Show situation. Right, where you got Matthew talking about the package store. Yeah, maybe like a UPS-type operation. I can get around that. <laughs> Not some way you buy beer. No. All right, moving on to the next game here. We got the Eagles at the Rams. The Eagles are favored by By the way, that points. would be a very smart move by UPS, is if you could buy beer while waiting in line to send your right. package. Oh. It would really cut the chores list down on Saturday. Just so say it. It's a honey, good Honey, no, no, I'll go, honey. I'll go. I'll go send that. You I might be honest. I'll, 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 yeah. If they just, maybe this is something Bud Light should look into as well, just, you know, in terms of their distribution. Just like, if you could find a place to, you know, if, if honey, I, I need to go pick up the laundry. But can I get beer there? You know, it's like Homer Simpson voice, right? You know, like, hmm, you know, like, uh, I need to go grocery shopping. Oh, I can get beer there. Just, I'm just saying, like, it's, the more places you can get beer, the better chances are you got them doing the, you know, doing the chores or doing whatever it is. Like, why do they not sell beer at a hardware store? Someone tell me that. That should happen. That should be a thing. Matthew's business empire continues, yeah, to, continues to grow. Yeah, soon uh, FantasyLife.com will be selling uh, Bud Light. <laughs> Shipping Bud Light. ships Bud Light yeah. with fantasy rankings. <laughs> yeah. You love to see it. Yeah, exactly right. All right, the Eagles at Rams. The total in this one's 50, so just a little lower than Chiefs-Vikings. And Matthew, I'll ask you this when you look at this game. Is Dallas Goddard still a must-start tight end in fantasy right now? He's only got one game this season with more than 25 receiving yards. Yeah, and he's been under 10 fantasy points in every game this season. But here's my pro Dallas Goddard uh, argument here, right? He, he's had at least 20% target share in two or four games this season. He saw his first end zone target last week. He's gotten three red zone targets over the past two games. So starting to get more and more involved. I think the whole offense of the Eagles has been sort of in slow gear. They've been riding the run game. Uh, a, a lot, obviously, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift has been nothing short of fantastic. But the bar to be a reasonably good, productive fantasy tight end is so low. And Goddard's got a really good quarterback, really good offense, and we know he's talented. So it's one of those things like, what are you going to do? Like, okay, fine, you don't like Dallas Goddard. I get it. But what are you doing? Starting John U. Smith? Come on, stop it. Like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I get the concern with Dallas Goddard. I do think better days are ahead. And it starts with the Rams. I am as a top 10 play this week. I'm a tight end nine, just, you know, slightly lower than you drafted him, but still, I think, a viable starting tight end. I'm not ready to bail on Dallas Goddard just yet. Some bad mojo swirling around the Eagles. Just hasn't really clicked. I think it's a bad sign they struggle so much against uh, Matthew's Commanders yes. and against the Patriots still in Week One. Still somehow four and zero. Still four and zero. Still feels weird. Well, the schedule's going to turn. They're going right. to have to start. It's like they play the Bills and the Chiefs every week for two months coming up. But I think most of their troubles are on defense. With the secondary hasn't been great. It's still Dallas got it. Uh, and to Matthew's point, when you look at the alternatives, that's the problem. I think that the offense will get better. It's just a bit concerned about the defense in Philly. All right, Jay, our final game here, one that you've been all over this week when we talk about lines. Jaguars 
uh, traveling. They're staying in London, actually, mm-hmm. to play the Bills. The total in this one, 48-and-a-half. Seems pretty high for a London game, but when you look at the offenses in this game, it makes sense. Where's your panic meter on Calvin Ridley now, coming off his third straight game with 40 or fewer receiving yards? Because Ridley returned with a boom in week one of the year, but it has not been that way the last couple games. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about Calvin Ridley. I think that he had so many near misses against the Chiefs in particular back in week two, where I think if, if he just called in a couple of passes that he normally would, it would be a different story about Calvin Ridley. He came out of a game as well with an injury. I think he'll be fine. And the sneaky thing with Buffalo, as dominant as they were against Miami, Dravius White is done for the season. They right. have some real question marks at corner. And in a game where I think Jacksonville are going to have to throw to keep up with Buffalo, I would expect Ridley to have a pretty big game. Matthew, you expecting that bounce back for Ridley? And what else are you looking at between the Bills and Jacksonville in a very, very uh, high total projection here? I am on Ridley. I'm as a top 20 play. I agree with everything Jay said. He's too good. This offense is too good. He's going to get it together as well. Five red zone targets, first two coat weeks of the season, scored last week. He'll get it together. But how about Christian Kirk, who's my wide receiver 23? Since week two, he's the 12th best wide receiver in fantasy. Buffalo, this is the most important part. Bills allow an 80% catch rate to the slot. That's third highest in the NFL. And so obviously, 81% of Kirk's points are from the slot. That's where he lines up. If Zay Jones is active for this game, he's not going to be 100%. So I do think Kirk has another big game in him. He's a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two. He's in that range. And patience with Calvin Ridley. And, Jay, you, I, if I recall correctly, you like Jacksonville in this one because of the Bills' travel, right? I think so. Look, the Bills are clearly the better team. But, right. I mean, in terms of home field advantage, one of the biggest parts of home field advantage across all sports is just travel. And the Jags, they, tra- they already travel. They are waiting over there. The Bills have to go on that eight-hour flight across. It just messes up your body. You're just not quite as in sync as you normally are. So I think that is Jacksonville's biggest advantage here, just that they should be fresher. They should be more switched on for this game physically. Yeah, and we're hoping for a, uh, a big week from Jacksonville's offense, especially needed from Trevor Lawrence. All right, that'll do it for What's on Tap, presented by Bud Light. Easy to Sunday, easy to enjoy. We will take one more break, but when we're back, it's time for last call. Jay and I got pickup lines for Matthew, even when he's out in Florida. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. 
Download the app and use promo code Barry when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It's yeah, time. You know what? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah, what do you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know we're going to talk about, you know, some of the NFL games, but I just want to point out that, you know, big weekend for me in uh, college football uh, as well. You know, um, Texas A&M and Alabama. You know, I grew up in College Station. My dad's a professor at A&M, but my kid goes to Alabama. So I'm going to have to be Donna Kelsey and, you know, wear a two-tone jersey here. Um, Well, Alabama's only a a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Alabama, which shocks me. I feel like Bama should be you know, favored by at least a, like a touchdown, um, uh, which is crazy. Um, but, you know, uh, I also want to give a shout out. So, you know, Syracuse plays North Carolina. That that might be tough. Uh, Tar Heels are nine and a half point favorites. But how about my Maryland Terrapins? As you know, it's been two weeks now or a little over a little over three weeks that I've been a lifelong diehard fan of the Maryland Terrapins. We're five and oh, man. Now we play Ohio State. We're uh, we're almost 20 point underdogs. I think it's the last right. 19 and a half. So um, it, it may end uh, ugly this week, but uh, my Terps are undefeated. Let's go Terps. I'm just saying. Take yeah, down Tim, Ohio State. It'd be Tim's amazing. Brother. How about it? <laughs> yeah, right? Tell Come on now. All right, Matthew. We got some pickup Play. lines for you this week. Uh, courtesy of our friends at DraftKings, we showed the biggest spreads off the top of this. But, Jay, what are you pitching to Matthew? Matthew, I'm pitching the Detroit Lions as 10-point favorites home to the Carolina Panthers. Now, look, we know Detroit can move the ball on offense against a mediocre Panthers defense. Detroit will score in this game. But I think the focus here is that, one, Carolina's offense has been horrific so far. I think Bryce Young, who will get better, but he's been one of the three worst quarterbacks in the league this season. And now he's going up against the Detroit defense, which sneakily, because everyone focuses on the offense, Detroit have the eighth best defense this year by EPA per play. Big part of that is the rookie Brian Branch, who's been fantastic since he's come in, Connor. But a bigger part of that is Aiden Hutchinson, who people aren't talking about enough. Last five weeks of last season, the number one PFF-graded defender in the entire NFL, Aiden Hutchinson. Who leads the league in pressures through four weeks this season? Aiden Hutchinson. He's 25-1 to to win Defensive Player of the Year. He is not far off that what Parsons, Garrett, top three. He is right there. I think that's a good bet. And I think the Lions are going to blow out the Panthers uh, and win by more than 10 points, Connor. Truly wild that he was drafted after Trayvon Walker, or Trayvon Walker was drafted before him. People don't talk about that enough to this day. All right, I really like that, Jay, and I'm kind of taking your theme here. I'm piggybacking off your theme with a giant spread, which Jay and I usually don't love to do. But I'm going, Matthew, with the Dolphins covering 12-and-a-half against the Giants. This has just shot upwards on DraftKings. I believe it was 10-and-a-half at open. And this one's not very difficult. What do I have to say? Wink Martindale, he runs a ton of man coverage and blitzes a ton with the Giants. If you do that against Mike McDaniel's offense, you're toast right away. And this is who Wink is. This is who he's always been. There's a reason he's gotten this far throughout his NFL coaching tenure, but it's just not going to work in this game. And I'm not confident that they stray away from their typical game plan. Number two, what a week it's been for the Giants off the field with Evan Neal's comments. I mean, you completely alienate your entire fan base. It becomes a giant distraction during a week where you have to travel to play what we think is still the best offense in the NFL. And also, the Giants have just been terrible this year for almost every quarter besides the second half against Arizona. I think this is a total disguise. I think two touchdowns will be easy for Miami to cover in this game. I like both these calls quite a bit. But you know what? Much like the Chicago Bears were a dog backed into a corner last week and last night and it came out i'm nervous about the giants showing up for one last hurrah so i'm going with jay's pick here the lions at home with my amon ross st brown 
I do think both are good calls. I like both bets, but I'm taking Jay home with me tonight. It's another night, just like our one night in in Buffalo, Jay. Now it's me and you in Florida. One, very excited for that too. I'm not worried about the Giants. (laughs) I I agree with you. I think Miami will blow them out. Oh, man. All right, that's it for us. For Matthew in Florida, for Jay, I'm Connor Rogers. We'll talk to you guys. They'll talk to you guys on Fantasy Football Pregame, Sunday at 11 Eastern. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.